1: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons.
2: Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along, live from the spare room. Both Kath and I are happy that you're with us today on this blistering hot Tuesday afternoon. Kath, uh, you're looking good. I'm looking at you on the Zoom uh, pickup that we're doing on Facebook. <laughs> yep. A little warm there, huh? It's hot. Yeah, it's hot. I'm telling Uh you.
3: Yeah, so no air conditioning in my house, nor yours. Mm -hmm. We both live in old houses, and this is just something that, you know, it's fine. Most of the time, it's fine. Today, it it is in this spare room, this place of potential broadcast excellence, very hot.
2: Very, very hot. I, I did look over there uh, in the corner of the spare room for a second. I thought I, I saw a small river of molten lava floating through. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, that, that, could,
3: that could be where I'm getting the it like
2: is. wave of heat. Uh-huh. I was uh, front reading front tips me. on how to keep a room cool. Yeah. Here's my low-rent <laughs> no low fix. What's that? I've got a big metal bowl, like a big metal mixing bowl. Yeah. Filled it with ice. Okay. And then I positioned it at an angle In front of a fan. Oh, so because evaporation is a cooling effect. Exactly. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. not bad. Yeah, and so the cool air is um, currently wafting up from the fan and circulating through.
3: Mike, did you know that things were wafting at John's house?
2: (laughs) Wafting the cool (laughs) air. Uh Remember, like you know, I uh, you probably. uh, I remember like when air conditioning like sort of became like a really big thing. Like you know, you would see signs like in people's like businesses ice cold, you know, Mm -hmm. come inside. It's ice cold. It was like a big selling point. Mm -hmm.
3: You're trying to do that, but like in a really analog fashion,
2: right? Put a little sticker outside my door here. Come on inside. We're broadcasting live and it's ice cold.
3: Everyone listening to the program is like, just get air conditioning. You two morons. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I have good news today, John, to start the show.
2: good. Please tell me. I love good news.
3: All right. This is from today's wall street journal. A new study finds that the novel coronavirus has become less lethal over the past few months mm-hmm. while there's no evidence that mutations are making the virus less deadly treatments have improved enormously mm-hmm. as scientists have learned more okay good three cheers for everybody in clinical practice and research can we right. all say that
2: three cheers indeed so they're figuring it out how yeah, to attack it how to the, work it exactly. how to sustain people's health
3: Exactly. Can I read a little more about oh, it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, the journal goes on to say the doctors have observed that the coronavirus case fatality rate seems to have decreased considerably since the early days of the pandemic. After adjusting for age and comorbidities, the study found the overall death rate declined by some forty percent in Mar- from March to April.
4: Wow! Wow! From
3: f- can you believe that forty percent from March to April with huge reductions in those over age eighty and subjects with hypertension, with diabetes, cardiovascular disease, COPD, and renal disease. Interesting. I mean, all across the board there. The study's findings need to be confirmed by more studies of fatality rates over time in other places, but they say their study does confirm anecdotes from expert physicians that, quote, the early administration of more tailored medications is considerably improving the clinical course of COVID-19.
2: Oh, I love that so much. Isn't
3: that awesome? So, very, very so doctors are using, you know, a cocktail of different drugs as they learn more about what, how the virus actually works and how it affects people.
2: Oh, that's fabulous. Okay. I remember watching football as a kid with my dad on television yeah. and, you know, and then first half would be over and he'd always say to me, now watch, they're in Half-time the uh, adjustments. They're making adjustments. They're in mm-hmm. there making adjustments. So right. that's what happened with these, you know, medical frontliners. Yeah. They're making the adjustments and making things work
3: for us? To those guys. I mean, yeah. what do we owe these people who have worked on the front lines of this? What that do right. we owe them? Fabulous.
2: Very nice. So uh, you and I, with uh, students uh, headed to uh, back to uh, college, hopefully in August or September, we've been a little obsessed in our household, I think probably you have as well, whether or not colleges will um, gather in the fall. Right. Are we going back or not? Right. Okay. So the good news is that the University of Pittsburgh has said that they are returning to campus this fall and they're going to return on August 19th. The first term of classes start August 19th and they will end November 20th. So they're kind of front-loading things, mm-hmm. and then they're going to end a lot sooner. There will be an extended final exam period for the fall semester that includes the possibility of holding in-person exams on Monday and Thursday before Thanksgiving, and then remote exams the week after Thanksgiving, so that pushes it towards the later part of the month. So it feels as though you know, if you're a college a student, you're not going to get short chains, and hopefully right. there won't be you know, this gigantic wave that envelops universities. Right. That's good, good news, news too. I think so, too.
3: Right. So in case there is a resurgence in the time when flu would resurge, then maybe students would have a whole first semester in and be good to go.
2: Right. Now, you would think that you would. Well, what the CDC is saying and what you're reading along is that with all the protests recently, we're not going to see a second wave yet. We're still going to see a continuation of a first wave with all the gatherings. Well, I mean,
3: like the. (laughs) The coronavirus doesn't care whether you're protesting no. or you're no. at a grocery store. I mean, not. the coronavirus is math. Yep. Right? It's not it's, it's not its, it's, it, it's not the righteousness of your cause. So it <laughs> any we all have to decide how much we're willing to risk yep. and what it looks like, but it's not like, you know, whatever we're fighting in America has changed the coronavirus because no. it's
2: just not the way it works. Are you headed out anytime soon you're gonna like tonight tonight's a nice night typically on a you know a blistering night like tonight we'd head out to a restaurant and have a meal
3: oh yeah that would be really that'd be nice. fabulous. No, we're not doing that. We're going to have you, tuna salad. You're
2: going to stay home. That's well,
3: exciting, isn't it? Boy the, boy, the listeners are like, wow, mm. that's why I tune into this show. So I yep. can hear exciting stuff like Kathy's having tuna salad for dinner. Like, no,
2: wait a, a second. I don't mean here. to call you out, but I thought she had tuna salad yesterday. Yeah, I did. Hey, twice in a row.
3: No, this is what I did. This is what I did at the last minute. At the last minute, when I was gonna when I was gonna serve tuna salad last night, mm. I thought, well, it's not too hot, so I should cook chicken and have some left over. So I so I grilled chicken last night, so that we can have an option.
2: Oh, very nice. So that's that's, what's on the menu tonight. Like, I know. Tuna salad or leftover chicken on the ride home. I
3: want want to assure everyone listening to the program, we have much more gripping radio than that to share with you over the next two hours. Okay, in our five o'clock hour, we're going to talk about the first, (laughs) so amazing, the first American woman to walk in space just reached the deepest spot in the ocean. Slacker. I mean, what what are these people that just have to overachieve like this? I love it. Anyway, we'll talk about that at 525. We'll also talk about racial justice with Dr. Christine Jeske from Wheaton College and confession in a secular world with Dr. Carl Truman from Grove City College. And coming up next, one of our favorite guests and dearest friends, David French will be with us. We're going to talk about American racism. When we look at it, man, we got a long way to go. Let's stick around.
2: Yep. Very nice. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM back in a few minutes. 101.5
5: WORD.
0: Okay, everybody in the car. Where
6: are we going, Daddy?
0: On an adventure.
6: Yay!
7: Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show. It's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station.
0: Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, WORD.
3: This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting The Ride Home.
7: MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 27 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is
2: today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. You can get great discounts on all my pillow products. If you go to mypillow.com right now and click on the Radio Listener Specials, you're gonna see some amazing offers. Right now, MyPillow is offering an exclusive radio special. Today we're offering buy one, get one free on a variety of amazing products, including the Supima My Pillows, My Pillow Towels, Roll and Go Anywhere Pillows, Duvet covers, Giza pillowcase, bolster pillows, and neck pillows. Plus, if you buy Mike Lindell's book, What are the odds? From crack addict to CEO, you'll get free shipping and a twenty five dollar gift card. Just go to mypillow.com enter promo code word or call 800-391-0954 be sure to use promo code word my pillow is answering the call for more face masks as the country continues to deal with a global coronavirus pandemic they'll be making face masks for hospitals across the country Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but
0: not the WordFM Discount Shopping Club. In our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. Discount deals just in time for birthdays, special occasions, or just because. And all from the comfort of your own computer or smartphone. Great deals and awesome savings. Log on now to WordFM.com. Keyword Shopping.
2: Our first guest today in today's show asked this very central question, which is this. Why is it still so hard to have a truly respectful, decent, and humble dialogue about perhaps the most complicated and contentious issue in American life? Why is it so hard? David French is with us. David is a senior editor at The Dispatch. We'll talk about that as the show goes on. But, David, welcome back to the show. Uh, Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure,
3: David. Always good to talk to you. Uh, since the death of George Floyd, David, we've been talking about little else on our program—how to get past the race issue that we're in, um, but more importantly, maybe how we got there and 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 what we all are thinking about our current outlook, um, our our current state of affairs, and how we're going to pursue relationships. But the question that we've asked every single person who's come on our show, David, is what is your experience with racism? And so I ask you the same. What is your experience with racism?
8: Well, for many years, uh, well, uh, for many years, there was minimal experience with it, with the glaring exception of my high school, where there was a severe race problem particularly my senior year that that culminated in an extremely violent incident uh the last semester of my senior year but after i left my rural kentucky high school and went to college and sort of entered the educated professional class of americans it kind of disappeared uh you know you're you're around um you know, predominantly white environment in say rural, I mean, not rural, but um, suburban, you know, the suburban South. And, and, in you know, when I lived in, uh, even in, when I lived in Northeastern cities and racism was universally condemned in my social circles. And uh, if somebody was racist, they wouldn't dare raise their voice and say anything uh, about it because there'd be a profound social stigma attached. So, you know, under this principle that says where you stand is based on where you sit, it was easy to get a feeling that we would made more progress than we had, because I didn't see it. I didn't, you know, I didn't see, I didn't see racism in my normal everyday life. Um, But then in 2010, we adopted um, a beautiful African-American little girl from Ethiopia, uh, brought her home to the United States, and everything changed. Um, it was really shocking and extraordinary. Um, we began to experience things that we'd never experienced with our older kids, who are blonde-haired, blue-eyed. Um, everything from, you know, these these kind of incidents where you think it was race involved here, or was race not involved here, where you know she would be singled out as the only uh, the only black kid in the neighborhood pool, a pool, and someone in the neighborhood could demand to know if she was. Should be if if she belonged there, even though she had on the little colored wristband that indicated she'd come in the right way. Police officer approaching her when she's uh, shopping with my wife. Um, some things were explicitly racial, like a, a classmate telling her, "My dad won't let me play at your house because uh, it's dangerous where black people live," and then. In 2015 and 2016, when my wife and I were opposed to Donald Trump, conservative as opposed to Donald Trump, alt-right racists found pictures of our family and began to put up uh, pictures of our daughter, uh, photoshopped her face into gas chambers, uh, photoshopped her face into slave fields, filled our social media feeds with racial slurs, uh, threatened uh, filled our, our social media feeds and, and comment boards with images of dead and dying African-Americans, which was incredibly threatening and unsettling. Um, and so, yeah, that's our experience. And it, it completely, fundamentally, it shook me and, and it still has shaken me. And so, yeah, that's that's my experience.
2: Right. So then, David, to, to copy your sentence, to speak of your sentence again as you came in, why is it so difficult for us to have this decent, humble conversation about this complicated, contentious issue in America?
8: Well, you know, I think there's a, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, the one is it goes straight to what, how we think of our country itself. Mm-hmm. Um, how, do we, how do we think of the virtue of our country, the greatness of our country? Uh, and so it, it raises a lot of disturbing questions and raises a lot of disturbing implications about sort of the core nature of our nation uh, from its beginning. And I'm, uh, and I'm a patriot. I love this country. I think it's the greatest country on earth, but we cannot minimize uh, or turn away from not just its original sin of slavery, but the implications that stretch to, until today from that sin. So one, it kind of calls into question our national character, And two, it calls into question our own character because a lot of the language around um, the race, uh, a lot of the language around the race discussion, can seem really personal and accusatory. So, Mm -hmm. you know, so for example, the phrase systemic racism or institutionalized racism, a lot of people hear those words and they think, "Wait, are you calling me racist?" And then at the fringes, people can accuse you of racism, even if you are not racist, for simply not agreeing with everything your opponent has to say. <laughs> and so there's a lot of uh, a sort of a sense of uh, people feel personally attacked often uh, in a conversation and become immediately and angrily defensive on those grounds. And so... Uh, when it's calling into question, a lot of the debate seems to call into question both our national character and our personal character, um, and then combine that with the deep emotional wounds and anguish suffered by people who've been repeatedly subjected to the consequences and the reality of racism in their daily lives, and you can begin to see you've got one side of the debate is angrily defensive often, the other side of the debate is often deeply personally wounded, and it's a recipe
2: for real friction. For real friction, indeed. Yeah. Okay. So so what you hear, David, and of course you hear this all the time. Well, yeah. Well, George Floyd was killed, but he was a criminal. Or George Floyd was killed, but, you know, all these people are rioting. So they're damaging their cause, right? Or George Floyd was killed, but that's not me. I'm not a racist. So all those <laughs> things, you know, are the first, that but is that big wide gulf that prevents us from having a conversation.
8: Yeah, you know, I, I can't remember where I first heard this, um, but uh, uh, my podcast co-host Sarah Isker reminded me of it, and that is uh, when you hear a word, but the only thing that matters is what comes after the but. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, all this everything's before the but is often throat clearing because the real point is the one that comes next. Yes, um, we need to replace the buts with ands, <laughs> and. We can say two things at the same time with sincere conviction. We can say that we have a problem with police brutality in this country, and we should not. There should not be looting and riots. Um, We can say that uh, American. There is an immense and profound consequence from slavery and Jim Crow in this country. A two combined regimes that combined led to 345 total years of the Jura racial discrimination in this country and we have made strides. So, you know, what ends up happening is the two is the conversation gets dominated by the buts rather than the ands. And I think it's in the ands we can start to find some consensus.
3: Mm. That's a good point. I appreciate that. This is David French. David is the senior editor at The Dispatch. He's also an attorney concentrating his practice in constitutional law, and he's a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. Um, David, there's also a thing that, well, many things are linking the country's response to the COVID-19 pandemic, and also this, which is that we all think that we're super rational, that we're, we don't react to things emotionally. We just you know take in the facts and we just make a reasonable determination.
8: Yeah, I cannot even tell you how many times that I have heard. I've been to, you know, ideological gatherings left and right, and it just, I hear the same thing. So conservatives will say, you know, look, progressives make emotional arguments and we argue from fact and reason. And then you'll hear, go to, as you hear progressives, and they'll say, we make uh, fact and reason and science based arguments and they argue from fear. So, you know, both have you know, both sides often believing that they are the ones who are completely mm-hmm. logical, rational, and reasonable. But the other guys who are irrational, emotion-driven, etc. When the fact of the matter is, is that we're all you know pretty driven by, let's say, by uh, cold logic and analysis, and more by life experience and yes, yeah, yeah. gotta say the emotion. Yeah. and and so that's why I said that um, where you stand is based on where you sit is a I think a, a, a real, uh, truism of human, the human condition, like our immediate environment and the people around us and these circumstances of our upbringing are quite, are, are often decisively important in how we view the world. But at the same time, we have to be able to get past that. We have to, you know, as on, uh, meet the press this weekend and, And um, told my story, and Eugene Robinson from the Washington Post raised a great point. He said, it shouldn't take becoming a multiracial family for an American to understand that racism is still a plague on our society.
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so whose fault is that? It's, it's easy to say that's the media's fault. You know, we don't hear the real story, but I really think that's a personal failing. I do. I've thought a lot about that over the last week. You know, John and I have a ton of friends who are African-American, but we have never, at least I shouldn't say we, John, I don't want to speak for you. I have never, I have never thought about the differences in our lifestyle, in our worldview and in our history. Like I have in the last ten days,
8: right? Well, I you know I honestly think that there, especially I think I you know hopefully uh, I'm not wrong about this, but I feel like I've seen a real stirring of the evangelical conscience in the last week or so um, in response to what has happened, and it's in and I think we have to acknowledge it. It's not just although you, could, you shouldn't use the word just attached to the George Floyd killing. This this comes on the heels of the Ahmed Aubrey, which is uh, killing, which is looking increasingly like a lynching, where, you know, as he lay dying, um, the man who shot him allegedly used a racial slur to describe him. Um, it's coming on the heels of the Breonna Taylor um, killing in Louisville, where a no-knock raid go- goes wrong and an unarmed woman is shot and killed in her own home in the middle of the night. And so, these things are adding up, and they've come. Those three. Killings have come in rapid succession, and I feel like it's awakening something in a seg, at least a segment of the evangelical conscience, uh, something that I have not seen before. Uh, right. And I and I think it's it, it's I've seen it all over the internet, and it's incredibly heartening. And it tells me that there are a lot of people who are uh, becoming aware of the experiences of their black friends and neighbors um, without having. Had, without having to go through, for example, the kind of experience that I went through. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. David French is with us. He's senior editor at The Dispatch. His latest piece is called American Racism. We've got so very far to go. So, David, uh, Kath and I, uh, these two hours we have every day from four to six, uh, our goal the past week or so has been to invite people of mostly African-American heritage and allow them to speak. And for us to just sit and listen. I mean, and, I, and I'm sure we've been criticized roundly. People have turned off the radio. Of course, we've gotten emails. But it's important for us in this moment because this is not my world. So the best I can do, despite what's going on in the early riding, which I believe is subsisted and now will not continue, is to sit and listen and to hear people's experiences because it's not my experience. But clearly, something is deeply amiss in America. So we should be informed.
8: Well, yeah, you know, and this is where the evangelical, where the church at its best can play such a powerful role because we understand and have experienced the power of personal testimony um, at, to change lives. And that's a core part of the experience of church and church life is, mm-hmm. to, it, is to see and hear personal testimony. And it has that in remarkable. Uh, ability to touch the heart in a way that an avalanche uh, avalanche of charts and graphs do not. And uh, you can, yeah, you can create, you know, you can generate the charts and graphs, but that is out there about the experience of law enforcement in poor and marginalized communities in the United States of America. But the personal testimony, that is the thing I think that changes hearts and minds. And that's what I have seen uh, emerge time and time again in these last many days
3: well, David, always a pleasure to talk to you. I, I feel like I keep saying this, but, you know, this is I feel like one of your most significant pieces that you've written. But maybe <laughs> next week you're going to write another piece that I'm going to say is super significant. And then, right. uh, you know, all my accolades are going to mean nothing.
8: <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's pressure.
3: <laughs> Thanks. So, P- <laughs>
2: pipe down. T- take a, Take a moment. and Tell us about that. Yes. It's
8: a our new uh, conservative media company called The Dispatch, thedispatch.com. And it is really designed to put a pause, take a pause on the news cycle, and to take a close, hard, fact-based look at the news to offer fact-based journalism and an analysis. And if you're sick of hot takes, if you're sick of the clickbait and the outrage cycle, uh, check us out because we're really trying to approach things with a little bit of a slower pace, a little bit of a calmer eye, and take a little bit of a harder look at what's going on in the world around us.
2: Very nice. David, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us again.
8: Thanks so much for having me.
2: David French from The Dispatch. So, I mean, there you have it. Uh, I I think this conversation is so necessary that we come back to this again and again and again. And and like I said earlier, some people are deeply upset that we are having this conversation. But if we don't learn from this, then what is the point of being Christ followers? Right? I mean... We are in the image of God, made in the image of God, white, black, yellow, red. So we have to figure this out, this stain, this blot that we cannot get over. And there is no but. I mean, I appreciate what David had to say, Mm -hmm. this, 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 but well, what comes after the but is what really is true, what we need to be talking about.
3: So let's open up the phones, John. You good with that? Yeah, sure. Okay. Let's open up the phones. A question for you today. Same question we asked in our five o'clock hour yesterday. We had some terrific conversation, which is what's it going to take for us to move forward in America? What's it going to take for us to move forward here in Pittsburgh? Um, you can talk about your family. You can talk about the church. You can talk about stuff you've been reading, something that you've watched that's changed you, that's uh, altered your perspective. What's it going to take for us to move forward? Open phones at 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. Also, you can watch the show unfold, Facebook Live, 101.5 Word FM, or The Ride Home with Johnny Kathy. You can view in either space. If you want to put your question or your, not really your question, if you want to put your experience up there, um, your thoughts, I'd be happy to read that out loud so we should step away john
2: sure take a minute uh walk away for a second but join us right where do we go from this right is that the question kath that's how it's framed
3: the question is how are we going to get forward what's it going to take for us to move forward
10: I find that patients just want to be heard.
0: Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. That
10: takes time to sit down and listen to what the patient has to say. Listen to their past experiences, because that's all important in how I then present treatment to them, formulate a treatment plan for them, and how we move forward with their treatment at our office.
0: My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good
1: care of you.
0: Harry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by your local Napa Auto Parts store, a Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of
11: almost any skin irritation.
5: Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the
1: summer rashes I get every
5: year. I had psoriasis on my
4: elbows. Blue Star worked wonders.
1: Amazing stuff. a bit on and the
4: itch is gone.
0: Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. For nearly 40 years, Central Christian Academy in Houston is where pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to become top of the class. Learn more at ccaschool.com.
5: We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 W O R D FM. Pittsburgh at WordFM.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. As Christians, we're called to take the gospel to others, and medicine gives the opportunity to
8: provide both physical and spiritual health. This is Dr. David Stevens of the Christian Medical Association. If you're a doctor, dentist, nurse, medical student, or other healthcare professional who's interested in using your skills to share the good news in this country or around the world, check us out at
9: cmda.org.
11: For tonight, partly cloudy, breezy, and humid, low 72, partly sunny, and breezy for tomorrow, watch for a heavy afternoon thunderstorm, high 93. Cloudy and breezy with showers and a heavy thunderstorm. Tonight, low 65. Less humid with sunshine and some clouds. Thursday, high 78. Friday, high 80. With Iraqi Weather Forecast, I'm Andy Robb.
3: at open phones. We want to hear from you. It's the conversation that everybody's talking about, reading about, thinking about, and especially here in Western Pennsylvania. The question for you, what is it going to take in our race relations situation here in Pittsburgh and across America for us to move forward? What is it going to take? So give us a call at 800-320-8255. That's 800-320-8255. Or if you're watching the stream on Facebook, which you can, any day, uh, Word FM, 101.5 Word FM, or the Ride Home with John and Kathy, you can leave your comment there. So if you want to talk about church, if you want to talk about law, if you want to talk about school, whatever it is, but in your mind, what is it going to take for us to move forward? Okay, let's go to the phones. Mike, who's our caller? Terry. Right. Hey, Terry, welcome in. How are you? Hi, um,
12: I have a question. Um, All right. I, first, I want to say this. I'm white, okay. and I am. I voted for Obama two times. Two okay. times, but I did. I was a Democrat my whole life, but I left because all the jobs were going to um, Mexico. Yeah. I kept losing my jobs in the factory. and I'm trying to get up there and get my pensions, and, and, and you know what I'm saying? Yeah, of and course. So, so I changed to Republican, and now I am yeah. a Republican, but anybody can be whoever they want or whatever they feel. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. what I don't understand is this i I think that people should be kinder to each other do you Do you know what I'm saying? yeah because I mean just that kindness you know i I always did open the door for for somebody coming behind me or whatever you know I just try to be a kind person. you know what I'm saying but yeah. i I see somewhere it seems like some blacks are taking offense. Uh, or they I'm not sure if you call it a chip on their shoulder, but um, they got something going on, a burden. Maybe they had a burden. Maybe they had a bad experience. You know what I mean? But I still, when I run across those people, I still try to be kind and let them know that I'm not like that, you know. But my right. question is, the looting and stuff, that shouldn't be part of the protesting and stuff. That ruined people's businesses. And livelihood. And those people had to be devastated, you know, and I just don't understand where the looting and stuff fits into the, the picture at all. Yeah, And well, yeah, I, I think that's true. I mean, I agree with Terry. That.
2: I mean, nobody wants uh, people to go out and run around and destroy the neighborhood. So we're not we're not saying we're pro looting. And mm-hmm. of course, it's always some, you know, tiny percent of the fringe who's doing the violence. And unfortunately, that's what happens. But it is like a boiling cauldron. I mean, sooner or later, people get so fed up and, you know, they they destroy for better or worse. And I think that most clear headed people who especially love people and love the society that they live in don't want to destroy their neighborhood. So I, I get that. But I don't think that that's, you know, a central theme as how we heal the division that's between us.
3: Right. You're and not- I also think I need to go back to something you said, Terry, about the fact that, you know, you feel like some, you know black people have a chip on their shoulder. Um, th- a little bit. I, so I kind of just a little bit sometimes, not all the time. OK, well, I, I mean, yeah. all I can tell you is that if if you had the the history in America that they had, you would have a chip on your shoulder. You would feel like you have never had the same opportunity that a white person mm-hmm. has had because that's the way it is um mm-hmm. and i think i think that that us as white people being able to hear that being able to hear someone of color say my life my history is different than your life mm-hmm. and your history instead of arguing with them and telling them that they're, they're wrong yep. i think the appropriate response yeah. is okay tell mm-hmm. me more about that I think that's the kindness that you're looking for is one person looking someone else in the eye or opening up an ear and saying, okay, so what I thought about you and your experience is different than what you're Uh telling me it
13: has been. Uh
12: And if I run across somebody with that and I'll say something like, did I offend you in any way that I I didn't know? And if I did, I'm sorry that I did you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, but you have to, everybody, black, white, green, it don't matter what color you are. You
4: have
3: to be, have an open mind too. Sure. Terry, thanks for calling the program. Really appreciate hearing from you. Yeah. I think everybody does have to have an open mind, but it's different. I just think John, it's different saying that as a white person than a person of color. It's just, I mean, when you've had all the opportunities, it's easy to, to look at somebody and say, Oh, you know, you guys ought to be nicer.
2: Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I, I have not walked a mile in right. their shoes, so I can't understand their worldview. It's not for right. my, my place to comment on it or say, hey, buck it up and things are going to be better for you. It's just not how it's how it works in this world.
3: No, and I, and I think that that it would not be the kindness that Terry's looking
2: for. No, I agree. Okay, 800-320-8255 is the number to call, 800-320-8255. Kath, the question is what?
3: The question is, what is it going to take for us to move forward? You can call and talk to us about your family, about church about school, whatever, what is it in your mind that is really going to change things and help us to move forward in America? The phone number is 800-320-8255. We'll step away for just a minute, but we'll be back. The Tuesday edition of The Ride Home.
1: W O R D. The Word of God. It's bold, it's direct. It cuts across the grain of popular culture. It illuminates the mind and transforms the soul. Its meaning doesn't change. It applies to everyone, everywhere. Hi, friend. This is John MacArthur encouraging you to find out what the Bible means by what it says. Join me for clear teaching from God's compelling word every Monday through Friday right here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5
0: WORD.
9: I love golf. And I also stink at golf. I've tried it all. The lessons, the special swing contraptions, the neon brush tees, the funny hats, the putting all of my change in my left pocket. I like to say I just happen to have a high golf handicap. My friends would say I have a high talent disadvantage. Hey, it's Ryan. And luckily, while I might be fighting some disadvantages on the golf course, at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're lucky to be able to serve Word FM listeners with a unique advantage. Our team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. And for you, that can mean shorter turnaround times and often a lower rate, which could save you monthly and lifelong money on a new home, refinance, or cash out refinance. We,
0: United Faith Mortgage.
12: We pay your appraisal fees. Up to $500.
5: Nice.
0: United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage lender license number 22672.
5: It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. Maybe it's occasional constipation. Maybe it's not.
7: You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. at Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. You may be able to talk to a doctor online. Visit Linzess.com. Sponsored by Allergan and Ironwood.
1: So how many of us have lived in sweatpants, socks, and hoodies for the last couple of months? I don't think I even remember what a belt is. Luckily, it's Sketches for your feet. So now we are all staying safe but starting to get out a little bit for the summer. We can keep that same comfort no matter where we go. Just head to sketches.com and you can see all the ultra-comfortable options Sketches has to offer. There are comfortable sandals and shoes for running, relaxing, walking, playing golf, everything you love to do under the sun. Out of the sun, in the rain, in the house, whatever. And somebody a machine washable out of Sketchers exclusive air-cooled memory foam. See them all right now at Skechers.com.
3: We're back with you. We're talking about our racial situation, the difficulties in conversation and in action going forward and where we are now. And our question for you is, what is it going to take for things to change? Is it going to take what in your mind? Education, spiritual revival, a change in your family, a change in what people read? I don't know what it is, but we'd love to hear from you. 800-320-8255. We have open phones. What is it going to take to see things change? We got somebody on the phone. I think it's Pauline. Pauline, welcome
4: in. Hi. Hi, Hi. how are you? Well, how are you? Hi. I'm, I'm blessed, 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 blessed. I just wanted to, um, first of all, I feel that blacks, this is my opinion, and I'm African American, that okay. we, we have to start first by getting along. We can't keep shooting amongst each other and then want to say, oh, the white man this, the white man that. I get so tired of hearing that. Now, fortunately i grew up around all kind of people i was blessed you know Mm -hmm. truly blessed um i thank god for my brothers and sisters in christ that Mm. came out to protest Mm
14: -hmm. because
4: that's what it took that's what it took because this has been happening how many years 400 years plus that black men are being killed um, and, and I believe that the change has already came. I, I, I believe the change is already here. When we see our kids, our, our, our Caucasian kids today, and I deal with a lot of them, you, you don't hear racism. They're not brought up to be racist or to think that they're better than another race, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and ultimately, when God looks at us, and when we as Christians look at other people, we shouldn't be looking at color. We should be looking at heart, because that's what God sees—is the heart. Okay. And um, I just, I, 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 I just, I think that this is, this is a a good time, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that change is here already.
3: Okay, Pauline, I let think... me interrupt you for a minute. So, do you think that this time it's different?
4: Yes. And I think okay. it's different because of my white brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay, they stepped up to the plate. They wasn't afraid, you know, to go on the front line. They wasn't afraid to protest. When if you look on TV, if any black person is looking on TV, they need to say, "Wow, there was just as many white protesters as there was blacks." Hmm. And um, the lady that called, can I make a comment? Um, And I hope she's still listening. Terry. Um, Something you said, Terry, that I totally disagree with, and I had to deal with this for 16 years. I worked in a school district where I was a custodian, and I felt that I was racially discriminated against. Mm -hmm. And the bosses used to always come to me and say, you know, well, they feel you got an attitude. And I used to say this all the time. Why is it that when I'm frustrated, I have an attitude, but when a white person is frustrated, it's frustration, not an attitude. I could never get the gist of that. Yeah.
3: So, yeah, well, again, well, I think that's, I think that's prejudice. I don't know what else that we can call it, but I think that that's yeah, what it is. Um. And we are, and listen, I've done it. I'm not trying to point the finger at somebody and say, Oh, look at that person was prejudice. I'm saying that I, I just I think that was in my mind. Um, and heart as well. Pauline, can you tell us about your church? You said that your brothers and sisters in Christ have changed your opinion. Um, what's your church like?
4: My church? Oh, my God. My pastor, his name is Alvin Berkeley. Uh, okay. Our church is Liberty Baptist Church in Braddock. And we're on um, 601 uh, six 4th Street in Braddock. And my pastor, he teaches us to love. You know, he teaches us uh, what, God expects what God sees, the heart. You know, he's he's not a racist. I, I had an Italian ask me this morning. It's so funny. He said, because uh, they want to bring their family to my church. And he said, well, would they have a problem with, with Italians, you know, coming to the church? I said, my pastor doesn't see color. He sees the heart. You know, and that's just the way we're taught. I mean, we are taught and fed. I always tell people... We get steak and lobster every Sunday. You know, we, we get steak and lobster every Sunday. When we leave out of the church, we have a loving church. We, we support one another. We're a family. It's my family. They're more of my family than my own family, mm-hmm. you know, and we just have a loving church, and we, we are taught to love everyone.
2: Good. Well, Pauline, thanks for the phone call. Uh, it's sure a positive phone call. Uh, to hear you say that, you think the things are better than they have been, um, I'll, I'll take guess. that. I'll and take uh, let's, let's uh, multiply that and hope that that's true and that that builds slowly across the country and the world. So that's a little slice of good news.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Kathy, would continue on or are we uh, you want to take a break?
3: Yeah, I think we should take a break. We'll step away, but phone lines are still open at 800-320-8255. From your perspective, what is it going to take for us to move forward? It's the Tuesday edition of The Ride Home. We'll be right back.
15: With all that's going on right now, the last thing you want to do is add to your stress, but credit card debt does that, doesn't it? Even though these are hard times and credit card debt can add up, you don't have to tackle it alone. Nonprofit Trinity Debt Management can help. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees, and drastically reduce your interest. You'll pay thousands less than you originally owed. It's not a loan. It's a way to become debt-free and possibly improve your credit score. So call Trinity and talk to a certified counselor. They'll explain their proven program to you with no pressure, just practical solutions and hope for tomorrow. Take away this added stress today and be there for your family. If you're ready to pay off credit cards in less time for less Money, then pick up the phone and call for a free no obligation debt analysis and become debt free for keeps. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call 1 800 936 5496. That's 1 800 936
1: 5496. This is John Samick, owner of Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. All of our cleaning and disinfection services use hospital grade, EPA registered products. Contact us to provide peace of mind for your employees.
14: The man, the yellow man. Service master.
1: This is John Samick, owner of ServiceMaster Greater Pittsburgh. Our specialty cleaning services can provide the peace of mind your customers and employers need as your business reopens. Demand the yellow van
3: and cooling at greaterpghplumbing.com.
0: Moms sure do wear a lot of hats, and these days she's wearing a few she hadn't expected, like homeschool teacher, mask maker, hand washing enforcer, social distance shopper, toilet paper finder, parent checker, inner, screen time negotiator, personal space administrator, and make sure everyone's happier, safer, and healthier. And to help you appreciate her, Trinity Jewelers is now open. Like hats, the best gifts are unexpected at TrinityJewelers.com.
3: Every bride is unique. And at URB Bridal Informal in Bethel Park, every dress is customized to celebrate her unique body shape from size 00 to 36. High fashion, private label designs made to order as flattering to your budget as they are to your neckline. Enjoy a personalized, no-pressure luxury shopping experience complete with complimentary champagne and chocolate and see the entire selection. Find a dress that celebrates you because you are beautiful at urbbridal.com.
2: Hey, thanks for being with us for taking your phone calls at 800-320-8255. The question is, what's it going to take? What's it going to take to make things better in this country between white and black? How does that work in your life? Give us a call, 800-320-8255. Let's go to the phones. And uh, Terry, you're with us. Hey, Terry, give us your two cents, okay?
4: All right, John. All right, Hey, I, I was. Uh, I've been thinking about this for ever since all this um, problems have started. Well, maybe for years now. Um, that the only answer is Jesus. The only answer. There, there, you know, we could come up with all these social um, programs and and um, solutions, but Jesus is the only answer. That the, the your previous caller said how. Uh, she had this unity in the in the body that she was in the church she went to the, this unity um you know what I'm sorry Terry, Terry. Terry.
3: we're yeah. going I'm sorry Terry we're going to have to let you go we can't we can't hear you can we, can we put him uh, on hold and come back to him mike? Or something? yeah maybe we can put Terry on hold and come back um who is our other caller we got sue i think
2: okay yeah mike can uh, we bring a sue up
3: hold okay. on for one sec all right okay
13: okay hi, yes on now hi sue I, I listen to you all guys all the time when I'm traveling. It's an excellent, excellent program. But I have to agree so wholeheartedly with that lady. And I also heard the gentleman just say about Jesus. Um, we all know that he, these people and we all need Jesus. But what we do need is to understand love. Because mm-hmm. in the church, we know about Jesus, we didn't know how to share Jesus the right way. We want to bring them in and sit them down and tell them, this is Jesus. No. You have to build relationships in your community, and it takes time, and try to reach families. Our church has tried to do youth groups that didn't work, along with the, the, um, you know, taking the children from any community, and that wasn't a really uh, adequate program, but at any rate, what I really believe, that it is love, it is Jesus, but it's opening up and reaching out and never uh, not letting somebody, you know, oh, if they come in the door, kind of look strange at them. But, you know, the church has to have a new attitude about people in their community. I lived in the South for three years. I am born and raised in western Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. There is a different culture, and they are definitely feel that they are um, marginalized and, and treated different, and that that moves along for generation after generation. So sure. you,
3: you just wait, really so, have wait, to wait. So, so I need to back you up. You said when you lived in the South, they feel like who's they,
13: uh, the minority people. Um, okay. I actually, you know, I'm a white woman. I went to work um, in a, a, a black school or a school for children that were of black color. And um, I was really honestly amazed that, the teachers themselves weren't treating the children kindly. And um, I I really never had seen that in my life. I thought, you know, this is crazy. I'm in a school where these people should be lifting them up. And so it's a social thing within the family that sometimes that gets out of hand. And through the generations, they, they feel that they are discriminated against. And that's why you really have to reach out and try to reach people in showing them Jesus, you have to still show them love and, and kindness. And, uh, you know, there is something better, but it takes a long time. And I, I, I believe the protests are going to do something for the country. There's enough people out there working towards finding a solution. Okay. And we certainly heard on the mainstream media, uh, that, You know, these people are protesting and saying that they're going to I mean, they walk the protest and they want to see a change. Well, neighborhoods could do it, but it's only through the love of God and and us in the church. Yeah. Okay. thank you,
3: Sue. We really appreciate your phone call today. I think that's a good call. Um, It's not just about, you know, hey, believe in Jesus. It means if we know Jesus, then we're going to treat one another with love. Okay. is Terry back, Mike? We got Terry off the speakerphone, Terry. okay, go ahead with your uh, thought. We have about a minute left.
2: Hey, Terry, you there? No. Okay, Okay. we
3: got no Terry. All
2: All right. right. So then, how do you do this, right? I mean, yeah, sure. It's kind of like that Sunday school answer. Well, what's the answer? Jesus. Of course, everybody who's a Christian believes Jesus is the answer, but we live in a deeply secularized world anymore. I mean, most people, you know, as time goes on, have walked away from the church. So then how do we, as believers in Jesus, let our light shine, and especially— wherever we are, allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. So we engage people socially, yeah. civically with the system that's in place.
3: I think what our caller Pauline said is so important. I asked her if this time it seemed different. And she said, yes. And I said, why? And she said, because my white brothers and sisters are fighting with us this time.
2: Yeah, that's, I mean, boy, let's like, make sure that would, that happens.
3: Would, yeah. Would that that was the case. Right. Right. right.
2: Okay. Take a break uh, for the uh, five o'clock hour. Uh, Carl Truman's going to talk to us in a little bit. We're going to talk about confession. What does that look like? Stick around. Be right back.
5: 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com.
15: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The funeral service for George Floyd in Houston has ended. Hundreds had packed the church. Floyd will now be taken to Pearland for burial next to his mother. The remnants of tropical storm Cristobal are moving across parts of the Midwest after lashing the south, unleashing downpours and bringing gusty winds. Heavy rain hit Missouri this morning, and the National Weather Service says Cristobal is expected to intensify later in the day as another weather system approaches from the west and begins to interact with it. High winds are expected in Chicago by tonight. Cristobal may produce flash flooding, isolated river flooding, as well as tornadoes. Stocks are closing mixed on Wall Street as a weeks-long rally hits the brakes. The Dow fell 300 points today. The Nasdaq gained 29, but the S&P 500 was off 25. This is SRN News thrift with a purpose at the grand
0: reopening of city mission thrift stores going on now city mission has been preparing stores with safety measures and disinfecting to protect shoppers and employees find lots of great items at the best deals while supporting city mission programs for men women children and veterans all seven city mission thrift stores have modified reopening hours monday through saturday nine to six with a special senior citizen shopping hour nine to ten a.m for the store near you visit citymission.org shop
10: I find that patients just want to be heard. Stock
0: Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. That
10: takes time to sit down and listen to what the patient has to say. Listen to their past experiences, because that's all important in how I then present treatment to them, formulate a treatment plan for them, and how we move forward with their treatment at our office.
0: My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care of you. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com.
12: Finding the right type of care for your loved one can be a highly emotional decision. Moving your loved one to a nursing home, rehab center, or independent care may not be necessary. XL Home Care can provide a warm, family-like environment with an XL caregiver, or you may even qualify to get paid to take care of the ones you love. To learn more, call 412-212-8950. 412-212-8950. Excel Home Care, a help at home company.
2: In these weird and unusual times, it's hard to imagine what uh, fall will look like at colleges across the country. Well, we know that Grove City College will open as scheduled on August 24th. August 24th. Of course, things can happen between now and then, but both Kath and I have students, we have kids who go to Grove City College. We're looking forward to Grove City College reopening on August 24th.
3: Listen, I can't wait, John. I'm really thrilled about this. They're going to use best practices as you can imagine, testing, contact tracing, monitoring, social distance separation, enhanced cleaning, all those things that you might expect. But it is important for Grove City College to be a, a conscientious member of the community. We all know that, and part of being a conscientious community is being safe, and also welcoming students back. So, hey, I can't wait. August 24th, coming up.
2: That's right. Students and families should know that Grove City College is determined to be prepared to the best of its ability to deliver the learning and living experience. Look online at gcc.edu. Washington County parents, you
0: have a choice in your child's education. For nearly 40 years, Central Christian Academy in Houston is where pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to become top of the class. Learn more at CCASchool.com.
16: Hi, I'm Debbie Childress, Director of the Grayson County Alliance, a food pantry in rural Kentucky. Thanks to a local farmer, we recently received a $2,500 donation from America's Farmers Grow Communities, sponsored by the Monsanto Fund, a philanthropic arm of Bayer. As a result, we expanded a classroom where we teach families about nutrition and personal finance. I encourage all farmers to enroll for a chance to direct a $2,500 donation to a local nonprofit. Visit GrowCommunities.com.
11: For tonight, partly cloudy, breezy, and humid, low 72. Partly sunny and breezy for tomorrow. Watch for a heavy afternoon thunderstorm, high 93. Cloudy and breezy with showers and a heavy thunderstorm. Tonight, low 65. Less humid with sunshine and some clouds. Thursday, high 78. Friday, high 80. With Iraqi Weather Forecast, I'm Andy Robb.
1: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem, Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall
2: and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming along this uh, blistering hot Tuesday afternoon here in Western Pennsylvania. Uh, what is the temperature, Kathy? Mike, what did you hear that? I,
3: I believe in my corner of uh, Pittsburgh, it's 94.
2: 94? Mm-hmm. Holy moly. All right. I'll take 94. I mean, it could be worse, right? It could be like you know, fourteen. Right. I'll take ninety-four for fourteen any day of the week. Oh, so
3: would I. So yeah. would I. I'm not complaining, John. I, you know what I'm doing? Hmm. I'm just stating the obvious.
2: Yes. That, it's, that hot. it's hot.
3: But I'm not complaining about it. No, I <laughs> no, wouldn't no, no. do that. Because
2: uh-huh. you know why? You got some tuna salad waiting for you, lady. <laughs> I oh, do. Yeah. I'm pretty
13: excited about it. It's a big <laughs> night.
2: <laughs> you know, like I would go out to a restaurant and you'd see somebody eating like tuna salad on a bed of lettuce with a tomato slice, and you mm-hmm. think, that poor person, I feel so bad for them.
3: Now, I mean, you, it's fine now, you, now you get to work with that person. Well, every no, no, you're having day. it at
2: home. At least you're not yeah. going out. You're not like down at Kaufman's, the TikTok room, having yourself some tuna salad. First
3: of all, it's a TikTok shop. Oh, whatever. second of all, I would love to have tuna salad at a restaurant. I really? try, you know, wherever yeah. I, when I walk, when I go around, to, I, I'm interested in sampling everybody's tuna salad.
2: Really? No, I think that's dangerous because you know what? Once you start adding <laughs> dangerous. mayonnaise. To, What's yeah, dangerous? It's dangerous because once you start adding mayonnaise to your food choices, when you're out in public, you don't know where that mayonnaise has been. Oh I my mean, gosh. That, that you, could be all funky. Right, all of a right. sudden you wake up at 2am and you're like, you know, bah! you know, everything's like out of control. Right. So so the restaurant is fine
3: in every regard until you add mayonnaise and then they go off the rails.
2: Listen, mayonnaise is like the secret time bomb. Time bomb. And oh you know God. this, Kath. One, one dollop of bad mayonnaise, you're off to the races. Right. You so, so, what, so do, you,
3: do you have a no mayonnaise policy at every restaurant all the time?
2: Pretty much so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would never get mayonnaise on a burger or anything like that or n- nothing, you know, no.
3: What I'm kind not... of random life choice is that? Some kind of moral mantra that, in, in your head? <laughs>
2: it's and, just something that I've observed over the years and I've made it a template of who I am when I go out to a restaurant. That's all I'm saying. It's, Mike, it's a template of who he is. Mm-hmm. My uh, father used to say, never trust a man who smokes a pipe. Never, and I'm going to add that, never eat mayonnaise out. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm. Do you want to hear my top two tuna salads? No, I want you to know that we have we have this thing, you know, for those of you watching on Facebook and you can watch the show on 101.5 Word FM, um, uh, you know, we have this schedule every day of exactly what we're going to talk about. Tuna salad is nowhere on this. No, it's so not.
2: I, I want to Just say. However,
3: since you've asked, uh, you want to know my top two favorite tuna salads in Pittsburgh?
2: What do you mean? Like, What? See, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, so that's like a super commitment. You're that lady who I feel bad about, and you're my co-host.
3: Right. Yeah, No, I am that person. I've that even I happen? A- I absolutely am
2: that person. Okay, so where are you going for tuna salad? Shop and save. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to make a comment because I don't want to get in trouble. No,
3: you shouldn't get in trouble because the tuna salad is shop and save, and I, I understand from my inside connections at the deli that it's, <laughs> it's made at the Route 8 location. Mm. Whoever it is who makes the tuna salad is does such an outstanding job really? that I just, I, and I, I can't wait to have it tonight. Wait a no, hold just on. Wait, wait. How delicious it is.
2: Just as we were going to air at the top yes. of the five o'clock hour, you yes. were on your phone and I heard you say deli. So are you calling shop and save? Yes. <laughs> wait, you're not even making your own tuna salad. You're going to no, go. Buy- I don't
3: make, no, I don't make my what? own tuna salad what? because I'm, I've interested never bought finding- tuna salad. I'm interested in patronizing the professionals.
2: Okay. All right, give me your second choice for tuna salad.
3: T-Bone's Market in Wexford.
2: Oh, yeah. Who doesn't love a T-Bone? Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. I absolutely love their tuna salad. So right, kudos fine. to both of them. They're my favorites.
2: Very nice. Mike, are you a pro tuna salad guy? You like your tuna salad?
9: Eh, not really.
2: No, nah, ah, I don't really like yeah, a tuna yeah. salad. All yeah. right. I like a tuna a salad. I like a tuna salad on toast with lettuce and tomato.
3: But but John has to have someone who has like some kind of certificate of authenticity
2: make it. That would be me in my kitchen. And so not some random You would never person.
3: order tuna salad at a restaurant.
2: Mm-mm. No, oh I would not. Oh my gosh. No. You're
3: missing out. People no. are better. People who are who do food for a living are very good at tuna salad, much better no. than you are.
2: Here's the deal. Some I'm going to order tuna salad. They take it like off the shelf like by the dishwasher and then they bring it down into the, you know, the flow of
3: your outlook is so corrupted. I just can't figure out how this could have
2: happened. You've never worked in a restaurant, Kath. I have spent many a year behind the scenes.
3: Every restaurant keeps their tuna salad above the dishwasher.
2: I'm just saying, (laughs) gotta be careful with a tuna salad. That's all.
3: Good grief. Coming up in this hour. um, Oh, we do have some local news. Can we share that before we go to break? We had so much. Kind of hard to transition. It really is. Exhilarating uh, conversation. How am
2: I going to go from tuna salad to lions?
3: Well, the Pittsburgh Zoo is welcome three African lions.
2: All right. Who they themselves would enjoy tuna salad.
3: They would love a tuna salad. We'll talk more about that later. All right. right. Coming up next, Dr. Carl Truman. He's from the Department of Biblical and Religious Studies at Grove City College. The topic for today, confession. How do we do it? In a secular world. That's next on the Tuesday edition of this show, The Ride Home.
5: Okay. 101.5 WORD.
2: And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit or pittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsrospittsburgh.com. That's windowsrospittsburgh.com.
9: You're about to hear a commercial for a very unique mortgage team that has a very specific advantage that could save your family monthly and lifelong money. Two things you should know. One, we were started by a dad and his son and his wife and his sister-in-law, and we've grown to be a faith-focused mortgage team that's helping families across the U.S. We're faith and family at our core, and we don't hide it. Two, we've still stayed fairly small, on purpose. We're only about a couple dozen people, a makeup that we believe lets us truly know every person that calls. But we also have a big advantage. Our company is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. A reality that often allows us to get you a better rate, which could save you monthly and lifelong money. We United Faith Mortgage at UnitedFaithMortgage.com.
12: We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out of pocket money. You have to pay before
13: closing.
0: United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672.
13: Liberty
15: Mutual Insurance Company presents. A-O, A-O. And Doug. <laughs> Check it out, Lemu. Got a brand new motorcycle jacket
8: and matching leather pants. Now let's go for a ride and tell everyone that Liberty Mutual customizes their motorcycle insurance. So you only pay for what you need. Oh my gosh, this leather does not breathe well. You can't suffocate in leather, can you? Liberty, 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 Liberty. Get a customized quote at LibertyMutual.com.
2: Carl R. Truman is back with us. Dr. Truman is the Department of Biblical Religious Studies at Grove City College, where he teaches courses on the history of religious thought. Carl Truman also writes regularly for First Things. He co-hosts a weekly podcast, The Mortification of Spin, for the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Dr. Truman is also an ordained minister in the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. Carl, welcome back to the show.
6: It's great to be here again. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Carl,
3: always great to have you. Now you're thinking about confession. Um, talk about what confession is. I think for some evangelicals, or maybe people who aren't churched in any way, who just uh, tuned into the program, they're thinking, "Well, confession—that's like the thing that Catholics do."
6: Yeah, um, certainly, the, the the most common understanding of confession would be would be the the. Catholic going into the box and confessing their sins to the priest. But mm-hmm. actually, confession is something that is universal to all Christians everywhere. It's the idea of acknowledging uh, in a spirit of repentance or penitence the things we've done wrong. And it typically takes uh, two forms. There's the the confession of sins before God, and then at times there's the confession of sin to other people, human beings that we've, we've offended against and are asking uh, for forgiveness from God and from them.
1: Yes. So, Carl,
2: um, I was raised as a young boy as a Roman Catholic. And so I was taught at an early age the mechanics of going into that box, into that confessional. And to be honest, uh, coming out, it always left me refreshed. It always changed my spirit. Now, you know, there's no magic formula to this at all. I mean, I went before God. However, there was, you know, a whole other thing theologically that I don't want to go into right now. But, but I am surprised by Protestantism or, or the Orthodox Church that there is not a more intentional aspect of confession in our, in our lives now. Can you speak to that?
6: Yeah, that, that is a sort of uh, a historical and theological anomaly in some ways. Martin Luther, the, the founder of the Protestant Reformation, uh, maintained the act of both of, of public confession and of private confession to a, a a colleague throughout his entire life. I think the phenomenon we're looking at now, the, the lack of confession in, in contemporary Protestantism, evangelical and otherwise, is often rooted in in a misconception about what the Christian faith is. Uh, quite often today, it seems, and I talk to students or or talk to friends, the, there's a view of Christian faith as being that which is designed to affirm me, to make me feel good. Mm, right, right, Whereas, right. of course, the dynamic of confession depends upon the idea that, that God is holy and we've offended against him, and our primary problem is, Not the fact we don't feel good, but the fact that we've contravened God's law.
14: Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, I think you've hit on something so important there. I think about it all the time when I'm on social media and I'm seeing people interact, people who ostensibly are not believers who haven't have yet to believe. And I think that the understanding of so much, not just confession, but relationship, how to interact with one another, really starts with them not understanding how good God is.
6: Yes. And one thing I've not mentioned yet, of course, is that, the whole purpose of confession is that we res- then receive forgiveness from God. Uh, and that's why John felt so good when he left the confessional, because presumably the priest assured him of, of God's grace towards him, and and absolved him of his sins, and that gave him a good feeling. And the purpose was not to go into the confessional to feel good, but feeling good was the result of being forgiven of one's sins. Right.
2: So, That process, how then do we as members of the modern 21st century church, Carl, especially as we're not Roman Catholic, is there a prescription for doing that regularly, whether it's individually or with the entire church corporately?
6: Well, certainly I think uh, when you look at the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer is the basic paradigm for Christian prayer. There's a clear clause there, forgive us our trespasses, forgive us our debts, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So clearly Jesus wanted confession and a request for forgiveness to be a basic staple of Christian prayer. And in many churches, certainly the church I worship out in Grove City, the OPC congregation there, there is a specific part of the liturgy on uh, in each Sunday service where, as a congregation, the, the minister leads us in confession of sin and then uh, reads some words from Scripture, assuring uh, the penitent, the repentant, of God's grace and forgiveness. So yes, I think it's a critical element in both individual and corporate Christian worship and life.
2: Mm-hmm. So then, Dr. Carl, can you be sorry, Kathy? Can you? go through the process of confession and not be a believer in Jesus Christ. I'm going to make a hard left turn here. And, of course, if you've been on social media at all over the past week or so, I've seen this played out on video where people are confessing. I mean, they're literally people are getting down on their knees and they are kneeling before uh, African-Americans and saying, forgive me, forgive me my sins. Now, the first time I saw that, I, I, honestly, I was shocked. I, I couldn't believe that that was actually happening. But this has become a thing now. Can you speak to that about how that works or doesn't?
6: Well, that's a, that's a complicated issue, of course, because there is a sense in which, you know, if I'd insulted you, John, and I call you up and uh, I, I ask for your forgiveness and you forgive me, that something real happens there. I mean, We've all spoken at times intemperately to our spouses and asked them for forgiveness, and some real forgiveness takes place there. But uh, ultimately, the the most important uh, being to be forgiven by is God himself, of course. So I think what we see playing out on social media, the the best interpretation one could put on it is people asking other human beings that they've wronged for forgiveness. And that's, that's a good thing to do. But it's not the whole story. Mm, yeah.
3: I appreciate that, Carl. And you know, I've seen the same thing John has seen, and I think there's something um I think there's something lovely about it, but I also think there's something dramatically unspecific about it. And I think that's where confession gets hard, is you know, saying, Forgive me for being a racist is one thing. But coming but when you have been an actual racist, when you, when you have treated someone in your mind unfairly or done something unfair to them in the marketplace uh, because of their skin color, saying, I'm sorry for that specific thing, that is really a lot harder. I think it requires more of you.
6: Yes. I mean, I do think uh, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, online confession strikes me as very cheap. Confession by tweet strikes me as very cheap, uh, and and of course there's yeah. the whole issue of, of asking for forgiveness for things that we may not personally have been been guilty of. You know, for example, asking for forgiveness for America's history relative to slavery. Uh, now, I certainly think there's a there's a reckoning there that the, the America needs to come to terms with that history, but whether the language of confession is entirely appropriate for that, Would would strike me as an, an interesting question. Typically, when we think of confession and forgiveness, it's operating at the level of things we have personally done or not done that we shouldn't have done or should have done, mm-hmm. rather than things that happened 100, 150 years ago.
2: Yes. But to go back to the original point, though, Carl, there is something that is inherently beautiful, in confessing. And it does change a person's uh, attitude, hopefully their life for the good forever, something that's really central mm-hmm. to us as believers in Jesus Christ. And I believe more often than not, more often, it's it's absent from what it is in the secular world today. So I, I wish we could go back to this in some way, but it would require some sort of education or communication, which I believe, uh, obviously, as a society, we're re- really not equipped to go into
6: yeah I think you're absolutely correct and and also one could add that even even the sort of secular confessions we 're seeing are often not accompanied by forgiveness uh, they 're often accompanied mm. by by a withholding of forgiveness to sort of increase the angst and the pain of the one confessing so there's that element too uh, you know one of the things that strikes me about the Christian view of God for all that Non Christians often uh, criticize the biblical view of God for being harsh and unforgiving. The biblical God seems a whole lot more forgiving uh, than many human beings are when it comes to. <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: uh,
6: <Isn't>
2: that's something. <laughs>
6: then all the then all the people on
2: Twitter, Carl. Then yes. every single person on Twitter. I mean, the irony of that is so rich, isn't it?
6: It is. I would rather be, ultimately, stand before the judgment throne of God, I think, than the judgment throne of Twitter, because yeah. <laughs> there will be more mercy and grace there.
2: Yes, I agree. Yes. Oh, Carl, that's funny.
3: All right, Carl, um, let's, switch, uh, let's switch tacks a little bit. Talk about Grove City College. Um, we understand Grove City is going back. Um, both John and I have children there, so we're very excited Good. about that. Talk about the atmosphere at Grove City. Um, how's it been? Have you been there a year?
6: I've been there two years, actually. Just two finished years. My wow, year. time flies. Okay,
3: yeah. talk about your experience at Grove City and how you're looking to the fall.
6: I love the college. It's the, to be honest, it's the best job I've ever had. Um, wow. Love the students. Very engaged students. Great lakes. Uh, and beautiful campus. I can't speak highly enough uh, uh, of the institution. I'm obviously biased, but uh, yes. <laughs> uh, I particularly like the way that Grove City focuses its curriculum, not just on a sort of Christian approach to things, but but a generalist approach to things as well, that that we've committed to trying to produce well-rounded students in terms of their educational, moral background.
3: Hmm. Well, Carl, we're grateful for the addition of you and all of your work um, over many years uh, in these last two at Grove City, and thank you for joining us today on the program again.
6: Thanks for having me on. It's been great.
2: My great pleasure. Mm -hmm. Dr. Carl Truman from Grove City College. We've been talking about lamentation, confessing our sins involving pride. We've got to uh, take a break. We'll come back. We've got much more ahead. Uh, What are we talking about here? Oh, oh.
3: The first American woman, John, to walk in space has just reached the deepest spot in the ocean.
2: Right. Okay. So while we've been sitting at home on our couches during the pandemic, someone else has been super busy, super busy.
16: You've already been lied to. You've already paid a ton of money to someone who did lie to you. And it's hard to come to someone like me and say, Ariel, I trust that you're going to do what's right for me. This is Chuck McDowell,
15: founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group, the timeshare cancellation expert. We're not just here to cancel your timeshare completely, we're here to provide you with the best customer service of your life.
16: I deal with clients from all walks of life. I actually have a client right now who is an attorney. I have doctors they were still taken advantage of. And it's not just the mom and pop. It's everybody faces this. They've been lied to. They are nervous. They're scared. But we're going to get you out of this.
15: I guarantee if we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare contract or... You'll pay nothing.
16: My name is Ariel. I'm a resolution specialist at Wesley Financial Group.
0: Call now for your free timeshare cancellation kit. 800-619-3377. 800-619-3377. 800-619-3377.
1: This is John Samick, owner of Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Our specialty cleaning services can provide the peace of mind your customers and employees need when you reopen your facility. Contact us today.
14: The man, the yellow day. Master.
1: This is John Samick, owner of Servicemaster of Greater Pittsburgh. We have developed a comprehensive facility reopening guide for businesses preparing to re enter the workplace. Visit Servicemaster of Greater to download yours today.
0: For the ones caring for others. For the ones who keep things going, no matter where they are. In extraordinary times, extraordinary people step up. Like the ones standing guard and standing on the front lines. And the ones who are staying apart while still working together. With your efforts, we will get through this. We're grateful for all you do. Visit Granger.com for resources that can help as you create your recovery plan. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Pain or no pain, your wisdom teeth should be checked every year. Some wisdom teeth can become impacted, which can lead to cysts, tooth decay, and gum disease. Wisdom teeth can cause crowding, painfully damaging adjacent teeth. Not all wisdom teeth need to be removed, but they all do need to be monitored by an oral and maxillofacial surgeon. Find a surgeon near you for a complete examination at myoms.org.
5: Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, in and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
11: For tonight, partly cloudy, breezy, and humid, low 72, partly sunny, and breezy for tomorrow, watch for a heavy afternoon thunderstorm, high 93. Cloudy and breezy with showers and a heavy thunderstorm. Tonight, low 65. Less humid with sunshine and some clouds. Thursday, high 78. Friday, high 80. With Iraqi Weather Forecast, I'm Andy Robb.
2: Well, I think for a lot of us, whenever, you know, a big accomplishment during the pandemic was to stay away from the bag of Fritos in the kitchen cupboard, we need to look to... Um, To a woman by the name of Kathy Sullivan, who is sixty-eight years old, she is—this is incredible—the first American woman to walk in space, and she also has become the first woman to reach the deepest known spot in the ocean. I'm not worthy. She's the first American woman to go into outer space, and she's also the first woman. To, to descend to the deepest spot in the ocean. Sunday, Kathy Sullivan, 68, an astronaut and an oceanographer, emerged from her 35,810-foot dive to the Challenger Deep, which is a deep-sea vessel. It goes deep, deep in the ocean, some seven miles down into the deepest part of the ocean. And uh, she spent uh, a lot of time down there with a partner, they spent uh, a day and a half on the deepest part of the ocean. And then they came up and she claimed that incredible honor.
3: Okay. Now, how are you an astronomer and an oceanographer? How do you have time in your life to be it's both of those things?
2: It's a Big brain, a gigantic brain. And you want to absorb all of mm-hmm. God's creation as much as possible. Wow. Isn't that, that cool? Is,
3: that is so amazing. Congratulations yeah. Kudos, to her. And, and, I'm about, and I'm talking about tuna salad.
2: <laughs> everyone's got their little center point cap yeah everyone's
3: Look, got their niche right i'm and talking that, about
2: fritos so what the that's heck mi- you know?
3: and that's mine yeah. all right how about some local news john oh um, yeah i think the restaurant scene in pittsburgh is going to start creeping back perhaps mm. at a snail's pace we'll see how it goes yeah um, Galcho is a place i like a lot on penn avenue and the strip it's an argentinian place right mm-hmm. at the corner of the 16th street bridge yeah and um right before the pandemic hit john they decided that they were going to branch out the reason that they're famous is first of all their food is awesome but second of all, they have this line that always stretches down Penn Avenue. So every time you're sitting at the light at the 16th Street Bridge, you think, what are all those people waiting for? Anyway, they decided that finally their space was too small. And so they bought uh, the former residence of 6 Penn, which is at the corner of 6th and Penn downtown. And uh, But what horrible timing because they bought it and they just started renovating it. And then the pandemic hit.
14: Oh, no so, kidding.
3: Uh, so, the, anyway, they're not open yet, but I did see that they are going to have a food truck available with some of their yummy treats um, that is going to be going around Pittsburgh shortly.
2: Very nice. Very nice. Okay, good. So, we look forward to at some point going to a real restaurant, right? Wouldn't that be nice? Yes. Yeah, sixth Pen. Remember when Sixth Pen used to be the thrift drug? No. That was? Yes.
3: Yes, yeah, I do remember that. A long that because, time ago. Yes, because I was I went to the Art Institute, which is right across the street. Right.
2: Remember, Thrift Drug was like a big player here locally yes. for many decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot John, about but, that. Yeah, John, yeah, Thrift Drug. I'm yeah. just going to bring it up. Okay. okay. So, um, our mayor, our mayor, <laughs> our mayor, Bill Peduto, much maligned in many circles. Um, you know, people seem to really uh, crush on the guy online, uh, especially for his bike lane introduction to the city of Pittsburgh. Right. Well, he has propelled almost single handedly Pittsburgh among the top. 20 u.s cities for bicycling which is no small feat
3: yeah no kidding
2: right i mean pittsburgh is a difficult city to ride a bike in right no
3: kidding i mean unless you're right around the rivers i mean you are hurting
2: yep Uh, people for bikes a national organization dedicated to making bicycling safer and more convenient has ranked pittsburgh among the top 20 cities it's the first time the Pittsburgh has made it into the top tier of more than 550 cities. Wow! Includes uh, well, last year we were last year. How? was this? How was this even possible? Last year we were ranked 170th.
3: Okay. We're and changed. now we're ranked what?
2: Twenty somewhere in the top twenty. They don't okay, say. Okay. So
3: so basically that's just someone who wasn't paying attention last year, and then all of a sudden started paying attention this year. It's not like we released some gigantic new. Directive for bicyclists. Maybe
2: right? the maybe the ballot box was stuffed, or the um, uh, uh, could be like that, right? Vote early, vote often. Right. Have you been on your bike yet? I because I have not. Nope,
3: I have not mm-hmm. been on my bike yet. I don't feel good about it. I mean, yeah. I feel no, I feel badly that I have not chosen to be on my bike yet.
2: Can isn't it always horrible? Like when you decide to do something like that, like the first time you get, like the first right, time you get yeah. on your bike after not being on your bike forever. Yeah. Well, I feel like the pill to be to try to
3: be the person that didn't know how to ride a bike until she was forty. Oh right! Try to be that person.
2: Well, you're living proof that once you know how to ride a bike, you never forget. You never forget, right? You know, right. So at least that's a plus. Um, What
3: what about the uh, what about the lions?
2: Oh yeah! Uh, Before the tuna salad conversation interrupted the, the lion, the Pittsburgh Zoo and PPG Aquarium is asking for the public's help to renovate its lion exhibit for a trio of new lions with the hope that they could be moving there in the near future. Three nice. African lions, a two-year-old male and a pair of two-year-old females are now out of sight in the zoo's animal care center as they adjust to a new environment become familiar with the staff the zoo said uh, today. This is this is heartbreaking. Once numbering in the millions there are only 10,000 African lions remaining in the wild, oh according to gosh. the zoo oh the population God. of lions has declined 43% in the past 21 years. So um, Barbara Baker, she's the zoo president. She said, we are so excited to introduce these three new African lions to Wonderful. the visitor center with this arrival of this new pride comes the opportunity to have cubs in the future. So uh, that's very cool, but it does not say uh, what they're asking. Let me see. Oh, I see. They're just asking for contributions. I mean, I thought they were asking, like, the public to, you know, bring saws and hammers and help build a new enclosure. I first read it. Or
3: snacks for the cats.
2: Right. Something, right? (laughs) I I think the zoo's open, isn't it?
3: Uh, I I heard that you could drive through it. Oh. That was a couple Saturdays ago. You could drive through it.
2: When I used to live in Bloomfield, I would ride my bike up to the zoo, and at sunset would ride my bike quickly through the zoo. that's nice. You know, I don't think you're allowed to do that anymore. That's really fun. It was a blast. Yeah.
3: Boy, thanks Uh for bringing up something we can't do anymore, John.
2: Okay. (laughs) Things you can't eat or do anymore. All right.
3: Hey, but speaking of things we love to do, um, Mm -hmm. Sarah, back to the restaurant thing. I I hear Serafino's has a tent.
2: Yeah, they do. Yeah. It's a great little Italian restaurant. It really is. Serafinos is
3: one of our favorite places on uh uh, Liberty Avenue in Bloomfield. Uh, So they got a tent. Oh, Serafino's. I was thinking Tassaro's. Yeah. No. Sorry. I got to get back to the right area of town. Yeah, We're talking right, right. Crafton, Serafino's right. and Crafton. So they got a tent, but we don't, do we know where it is? Is it close to their I restaurant? I don't know.
2: It's got to be close by, right? Because they get the kitchen there. They're just going to run the food across the street or something like that, right? Which I think is probably uh, the new wave, especially as summer is upon us, that restaurants like Galcho or whomever, whether you have a rooftop or you're going to set up uh, one of those event tents, right? Yeah, you sit there. They've got That's a tables safe way and- to do it.
3: I feel, I, so I feel really good about that. I feel really I, good about that. Would you and, do that? Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: All right.
3: Yeah, I would feel good about that as long as I was outside. Yeah. Um, speaking of feeling good about it, uh, I've talked about Pizza Italia on the uh, on the air many, many times. My favorite pizza joint in Pittsburgh. What happened and, uh, to those guys? Yeah, they had a fire um, that was a total loss. Uh, their establishment right there on Liberty Avenue. Um, but they're back open, John. They are back open. They're not at their same location because, of course, they need to do a lot of stuff. It's going to be six months before they get in. But they they are on Juniper Street, which is kind of around the corner, kind of around the back end, uh, like the Panther Hollow side of Bloomfield. And um, you can go and pick up your pizza. I've done it several times. The guys are working hard and putting out a lot of good stuff. And the Bloomfield uh, community is responding super well. And so my very best to Danny and all the guys at Pizza Italia, go get your pizza there.
2: Very nice. Okay, we'll step away for just a minute. Uh, Dr. Christine Jesky is with us. We're going to talk about justice, racial justice. Stick around for that conversation. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM.
0: Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com.
3: Worried about deductibles and copays, dental or vision? How about elective procedures? Marley Financial, they've got you covered. This is Kathy Emmons. Marley Financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health related, anything. Copays and deductibles, any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. There's even a company matching component that can provide two or even three-to-one benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today. Seven. and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's 724-884-1496 Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at marleyfg.com.
5: 101.5 Word FM. Next time on Orchard Hill Today.
7: The Feast of Tabernacles was this festival that commemorated the moment when God brought his
8: people out of slavery in Egypt, took them through a wilderness, and brought them into the Promised
13: Land. This week, Joel Haldeman, campus pastor of Orchard Hill Church in the Strip District, looks at the gospel account of the book of John in the series, Controversial Jesus. Be sure to join us weekday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Orchard Hill Today
10: on 101.5 Word FM.
0: Moms sure do wear a lot of hats. And these days, she's wearing a few she hadn't expected, like homeschool teacher, mask maker, hand-washing enforcer, social distance shopper, toilet paper finder, parent checker-inner, screen time negotiator, personal space administrator, and make sure everyone's happier, safer-er, and healthier-er. And to help you appreciate her, Trinity Jewelers is now open. Like hats, the best gifts are unexpected at TrinityJewelers.com. Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we'd love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. She could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started,
15: simply say,
7: Alexa, enable the Word Pittsburgh skill.
15: And after she confirms, you can then say,
7: Alexa, play the Word Pittsburgh.
15: That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to
0: find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices.
7: Alexa, what is your favorite radio station?
5: That's easy. Word one oh one.
2: Well, uh, we are efforting for our next guest to join us. But uh, in the meantime, you know, uh, my wife, uh, she works down uh, here in the city, not too far away. But uh, every night she comes home, she'll say to me, oh, the parking drive there today, there were two cars there. Or today there were four cars there. And so she's sort of keeping me abreast of, you know, the flow of what's happening in downtown Pittsburgh. Now, um, we were talking to Mike before the show, and apparently uh, at our workstation, uh, people are not going to come back to the regular office, probably sometime not till early September, which is surprising to me. And I wonder yeah. about, about people going back to work. I mean you think this is gonna happen anytime soon?
3: I don't, you know, every time I think I have a handle on maybe how we're gonna go forward, something happens that surprises me a couple of weeks ago, John, I kind of had the feeling that we were going to be like all guns blazing right. Um, and in the last twenty four hours, I've heard a lot of people who are saying, no, 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 we're gonna hold off, we're gonna hold off. It's another one of those instances where I'm kind of nonplussed. I have no idea i I think that um the working at home thing for a certain sector of society has really worked well and it has minimized the risk for so many businesses that they're thinking, you know what, if it's working for the employee, we don't have to do a lot of stuff that we'd have to do. If there were people here, then, you know, let's keep things as they are.
2: Right. Don't you you think? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it it is working. Um, I mean, we're broadcasting live from our spare rooms and I mean, it's working to some extent Uh, we we miss, the, you know, sort of, being in the same room together and in, in that opportunity that provides. yeah. Um, but it, it is what it is. So maybe at some point in the it near is, future. And
3: here's the thing. Have, is there any instance, John, where you have gone back to something? Well, I guess you haven't because you haven't really been driving in the last three weeks. But <laughs> just this weekend, I kind of like reinserted myself in two different things in in my life. Um, I went to a funeral and I went to church. Oh, And both of those things, I have to tell you, are irretrievably different in this moment. Because of masks, because of a lot of other things that have to do with the virus, I have to tell you, it made me less eager to do things only because the doing of the thing is really complicated. There are a lot of steps you have to go through to be safe. And I just kind of think, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's worth doing that when we can stay in touch at home. Now it's different with a funeral because it's a one, it's a, it's a one-time thing and you really, it's important to be there in person. I get that. But a lot of other things, like if you can work from home, I don't know, John, I, I see it. If, if I can work from home, even though it's like 95 degrees in the room I'm currently in, if we were at the station, we'd have to be disinfecting, you know, all the time. We'd, I don't know what we'd do with our microphones There are all sorts of all sorts of concerns that I just don't have any answers to. Right.
2: I mean, the big thing for me is we sort of, you know, we're, we're, we're whiplashed, right? We all went from being inside our homes right. or our apartments for months. And then all of a sudden, you know, last week, of course, you know, with the, the George Floyd uh, murders and the the, the uh, protests that stem from that, all of a sudden people are out in the streets by the thousands. I know. By the thousands. So you think, what's going to happen?
3: I don't know. And none of us know. I guess we're going to have to see it play out over the next two weeks.
2: Yeah, it
14: is
3: a I don't know. Day. About. Okay, let's step away. Um, we're going to come back. We have a guest on the line, Christine Jeske. We were efforting a technological connection between she and us, and it has been achieved. So we're going to step away. We'll come back. And when we do, we'll talk about racial justice. So stay with us. That's next on the ride home.
5: Hello, friends. It's me, Marcia from the Spring House. We are hoping you are all healthy and safe. Our family wanted to let you know that because our cows are requiring twice-a-day milking, the Spring House is still open for you to stop by for your farm-fresh from our herd milk and hot-out-of-the-oven breads and buns and meats and cheeses and cookies and anything that will make life happy and comfy and easier during these uncertain times. Our buffet is still full of family recipe lunches and suppers every day to take home to eat at your own family's family table and our catering team even created a special take and bake meal which you can check out online. We even ordered in extra toilet paper in case any of you are in a pinch. We've been so blessed this last week by customers thanking us for staying open and best of all telling us that they're praying for us. We just wanted to let you know that we are praying for all of you too. Here's a big hug from all of us at the Spring House to you. We love you.
0: I know you guys are thirsty. I wasn't yelling at y'all. Don't be looking at me like that. The recent killings of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Amanda Arbery have left us all reeling.
4: Just try to spread a message, okay?
0: And the violent riots that followed threaten a nation trying to recover. I know
4: you guys are out here doing your
0: job. But in Pittsburgh, I'm not mad at you. one protester decided on a better way.
4: Man, hey, that's the ones that step. That's number two. You. you want to see? Came out here peaceful, and this is what I'm trying
9: to show y'all. I know y'all thirsty.
0: That's the sound of Alexander Cash giving a case of bottled water to officers at a peaceful protest in East Liberty.
4: That,
0: Proof that the softer you act, the louder you speak. Blessed are the peacemakers.
2: Good job, guys. And positive.
0: Way to go, Alexander. Stay positive. Stay strong, and carry on. And know that at Word FM, we're listening.
1: <laughs> hey hey seriously land land ho guys guys land ho I'm, land ho land ho land ho right there ah!
15: The tides can turn quick on the water. Progressive's Boat Insurance has you covered with Sign & Glide on water towing. Get a quote today in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com.
0: I guess I say, this land hoe thing, not very effective.
15: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliate. Sign & Glide coverage is subject to policy terms. With thousands of
0: locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop on your local Napa Auto Parts store, a Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online... You can count on Napa
15: know-how. Did you know that migraine is a disabling disease affecting over 36 million Americans? The pain of migraine sufferers is often so bad their lives just stop. The American Migraine Foundation helps people living with migraine to find the support and treatment they need. If you, a friend, or a family member suffer from migraine, go to AmericanMigraineFoundation.org to learn more, find help, and get connected. Make your move against migraine.
2: Wheaton College. Dr. Christine Jeske is with us. Dr. Jeske is professor of culture at Wheaton College, the author of three books, including the forthcoming, The Laziness Myth.
10: Christine, we're glad you're here. Welcome back. Thanks. It's good to be here again. Yeah.
3: All right, Christine. Well, a lot's happened in our country in the last 10 days, and a lot's happened it since has. we were here last. Now, um, we've had wonderful conversations with you about the different you know countries that you've lived in, the different ways that you look at people because of your experiences of traveling and living abroad. Um, so I guess the question that we'd ask you
10: is, what do you think, from your perspective, we can do about racism? That's a great question. And I hope it's a question that a lot of people are asking right now. Yeah. Um, I know it, that it's easy to sort of see protests happening and feel intimidated and um, and think that, you know, I don't want to be involved in, in something violent or um, uncertain. But there's so much more to this right now. Um, and there's so much more to it long term. You know, this is not just something that uh, just came up out of the blue, you know, that like, mm-hmm. wow, suddenly racism happened, right? Um, right? It's an ongoing thing, and it's something we're able to sort of see and pay attention to right now. So yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, this is something that I teach in, in my classrooms at Wheaton, uh, Wheaton College all the time. Um, so I'm happy to give you some ideas. Shall right. I launch into some thoughts I have Yeah, for you? please. Yeah, as practical <laughs> as you can be. That's what we're looking for. Sure. Well, I think that a good place to start is learning. Um, and uh, that may seem obvious, but it's amazing how much we don't know. And we don't know how much we don't know until we start learning more. Um, I like to explain to my students that when it comes to racism, a lot of what students are doing is unlearning. So we mm. come into this subject thinking, I probably know a lot about this already. I know racism is bad. I know I shouldn't be racist. I know I should be nice. Um, but there's so much more to that. Um, and, uh, and so when you start reading on it, you start realizing, Oh, I didn't know that. And in fact, I thought about that wrongly. Um, one example is, uh, just this idea that many white people, and I am white myself, many white people think that racism is a problem of individual acts of racism. And basically there are some bad people out there who are racist. And I just have to not be one of those people. And, you know, as we learn about racism, we realize it's actually not about individual acts and it's not about finding the bad person out there, the bad people out there. It's about changing entire systems. And to do that, we really all have to be a part of it. Um, I like to tell people that that saying that you're not racist is kind of like saying, I'm the most humble person in the world. You know, (laughs) as soon as the words come out of your mouth, You've actually proved that you don't get it (laughs) So, in the same way that you can't just say, I'm really humble. um, You can't say I'm not racist because if you are a white person or you are raised in the West or really if you exist as a human being, you've been trained by racist thinking. And that's what we're after changing. So that kind of comes back to why we need to learn. Um, okay, now Chris so, Christine,
3: let me interrupt you for yeah. a minute. So we went to the phones sure. in our four o'clock hour, and um, right. we've been asking whoever we've gone to the phones every single day since George Floyd was killed. And our question has been, "What's your experience with racism?" Just to let people yeah. tell their stories and and just um, have John and I and Mike listen. Um, but a woman called today, and she said she's tired of she's a white woman. She said, "I'm tired of hearing about systems." She said, "I don't know what that means." And she said, "And I'm white, and I'm not racist, and so." I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So how would you
10: answer that question? That's a great question. And it's a question that so many people um, are asking as white people. One of the things that um, as a white person, I've had to learn through my lifetime is that all the messages that we hear over and over again through our life basically tell us that as an individual, you make life choices and you steer the course of your life. So basically, if you have success in life, you've got yourself there. And if you have failure in your life, you got yourself there. And if we just pause for a minute to examine that, it's, it's clear that's not true, right? At the very least, we know that God is having influence in our life, right? Um, and if we look at the book of Job, for example, there's many reasons that suffering happened that are far more com- complex than just sort of our own choices. But there's also this layer of how we're seen in society, so, if I, um, so for example, I have a white daughter who just learned how to drive. She's 16. She got pulled over by the police for going through a red light, turning left when she shouldn't have been. And it was terrifying, as it is for most people. But I don't have to explain to my daughter, who is white, that she needs to put her hands on the steering wheel and be very slow and cautious when she grab- grabs her ID because someone might think she has a gun. Um, you know, I don't have to train her those things because she won't be seen in the same way as a Black person. Um, so that's the kind of thing that we're talking about at, at this level of, like, it's not just about you making good choices, you know? <laughs> My daughter and a Black person can make really good choices when they're in that moment with a police officer, and they're just going to be treated differently in many, yeah. many circumstances. Um, but as far as systems, so yeah, thanks for asking, like, how do you then change systems? <laughs> you know, if you're asking, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to change a system, what does that mean? Um, well, so you can think about it, just what are you involved in? Um, think about what influence that you have. Um, you can start with your church and you can ask, are there people of color in my church and why is that? What, um, what makes people feel welcomed or not welcomed in my church? Um, is it the music that we have? Is it the way that we talk about social issues? Has my church talked about the the death of George Floyd? Have we mentioned the fact that this is something that is really painful for a large percentage of our population? And then it needs to be painful to me as a white person um, as well, because uh, when one part of the body suffers, the rest of the body, part of the, the rest of the body suffers also. Um, but it can be more, um, you know, other systems too, not just our churches, obviously. So this could mean showing up at local meetings, Um, being involved in local government is probably the most influence you can have in your government. Um, And it's not, you don't have to worry so much with the local government about sort of choosing a political side, because a lot of the decisions are much more just about the welfare of people in your community, and Mm -hmm. asking what's going to help children thrive, you know, be at a school board meeting, volunteer in a school and watch what's happening there. Um, so yeah, showing up at the, the, the gatherings around you, whatever those might be is a great place to start thinking about systems.
2: That's excellent. Uh, Keep going, Christine. We've got a little bit of time. Uh, so you've talked about learning, you've talked about being involved in government or school boards or any part of, uh, what's happening locally. Give us something else.
10: Yeah. Yeah. um, Another thing to think about is how do you multiply this? Um, So even if this is pretty new to you and you're just really starting to ask these questions about racism and feel like you don't know what you're supposed to do or say, that's a great time to get other people like yourself involved. So write an email to some friends and say, hey, I've been meaning to learn about this. Would you be brave enough to read a book like, let me give you a couple of book ideas. Um, White Awake um, by Daniel Hill is a uh, book by a Christian author. Um, Twelve Lies That Hold Americans Captive by Jonathan Walton is another uh, Christian book that came out recently. Um, the Warmth of Other Sons, which is a historical book about um, migration of black people in America. There's many, many more Um you know, look for books uh, on race and, and pick one. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if you don't agree with everything in it, read it with a group. Um, you can also maybe listen to a talk. Um, share a quote from that with some friends by email, by Facebook or something, and and just ask people for their feedback. Uh, maybe you want to start an accountability group at your church um, or get some church friends together um, to talk about these things and hold each other accountable to participating in something related to this so that's that's another idea. Is how, figure out how to multiply it. Yeah, that's
16: good. Yeah,
3: that's really good. Um, I think for a lot of people, this is. Um, in fact, we had a we had a caller earlier. Christine, uh, Pauline was her name, and I said she's a black woman. And I said, so does this situation right now, like what's going on in America, does it seem different to you? And she said yes. And I said why? And she said because for the first time, my white brothers and sisters are walking along with me. So I thought, wow, that would be a wonderful thing to be able to convey to people is that we are walking along with you. So, you know, it might not be you protesting might not be your thing, Um, but other ways, Christine, that you think that we could accomplish something like that.
10: I just listened to a talk by my city the other day who talked about how uh, we can resource black women um, sending money (laughs) really. Communicate, you can send a note along with it, but um, contributing resources to organizations uh, that are led by black people in your community, not organizations. Um, The speaker challenged uh, white churches. She said, What if you paid the mortgage of a black church in your community? Um, She said, You know, think about how, um, I don't know if you know that the uh, wealth of White Americans is, on average, 10 times higher than Black Americans. And you think about what that does for, say, a church. How are you going to pay the mortgage? And so over generations generations, you don't have money down from one family to their children and their children. Um, and so uh, supporting a church in that way of saying, we want you to own your building, so that you can use your resources for other things that you're doing on their ministry wow. aspects. That's fabulous. Really that's really, yeah. That's
2: Christine, really thanks wonderful. for being with us. We're out of time, but we always appreciate uh, your insight and your wisdom as you join us. So thanks very much. Christine Jeske from Wheaton college. Hey, uh, we are out of time, and uh, we certainly appreciate your involvement with us, the engagement with us. So you can find us, of course, on Facebook. We're there. You can uh, comment as well or email John Hall at WordFM, Kathy at WordFm.com. We want to keep this conversation going. This is really crucial. It's extremely it important that we as believers in Jesus Christ on the front lines about this, speaking of this and acting about this, being agents of peace first and foremost as we move forward. Yep. Have
3: a good night, Pittsburgh. Glad you were with us today. All the information you can find us online, johnandcathyshow.com.
1: The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.